Hello, this is Phil Harvey, Light Readings Editor, and I am welcoming you to another Executive Spotlight Q&A. This is our ongoing series where we talk to some of our sponsors in our audience and uh, cover some of the people, uh, products, and technologies, and companies that are propelling the industry forward. Um, we've got a really good one for you today. Uh, I just got back from OFC, and so we're talking about optical transceivers, optical components. And joining me today is the EVP of Precision Optical Transceivers, Precision OT, uh, Keith Haberfield. Keith, how are you? Doing well, Phil. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's great for you to uh, make some time for us. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Um, for those not familiar with your company, let's start with uh, who your company is. So who is Precision Optical Transceivers? So we're, we're a fabulous uh, photonics manufacturer and systems integration company uh, based in upstate New York, Rochester. Um, we've been in, in business now for roughly 10 years or so, initially focusing on optical transceivers. But uh, the last couple of years, we expanded our product portfolio to include um, optical passives, software, and some uh, customized commodity development that's that's come on in the last, uh, the last few months for us, one of our newer developments. Excellent. Um, so what's, uh, you know, I, I guess this is a, a kind of a current question because we're still in a pandemic after all this time. Um, how has your team uh, adapted uh, to the pandemic so far? Yeah, so I mean, what we figured out uh, pretty quickly was building products from a distance is challenging. Um, we've had to focus on requirements discovery. You know, working remotely has driven some pretty significant uh, infrastructure investments on our side. You know, to, to replicate as many of our customers' labs and and production networks as possible in our own facilities. Um, so that's that that was a, a lift to get that stood up, and then you know, getting that right. Um, was important for us to to have a good baseline of the technology that's that's in the field uh, in order to prepare for things like RDOF and five G rollouts and in general moves from you know large macro towers to to micro towers you know all that stuff requires a significant amount of uh, connection or termination point increase um, to to handle those smaller radios as they're distributed. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of focus on DWDM and uh, creating technologies that can go long distances and, and be economical uh, at the same time. So some of that stuff didn't really uh, exist before. Um, you know, we've, we've burned some R&D dollars looking at, you know, what makes sense to make uh, a network solution in that space as attractive as possible. Um, and really just trying to, to create products that allow our customers to stretch their budget, you know, five or 10, 15% uh, to deploy more um, with the same amount of spend. And so the interest in that stuff's actually been a lot stronger than, than we initially had expected. Um, so we've got, we've got teams focusing on bringing these new products to market. Um, we, we started with Muxes two years ago and, and sort of rolled on from there. 
Yeah, it's interesting because you guys are, I mean, and I, I think about this in most of the uh, optical uh, components companies, it's like you guys are kind of in this uh, this great intersection of like all the trends kind of hit you at one time <laughs> in the industry. And so yeah. obviously, you know, 5G networks are hot right now. Uh, the Ardoff money is coming. So people are wanting to uh, satisfy this kind of pent up demand for fiber access. Um, you know, what kind of, how does that sort of play out in terms of, uh, you know, the demand that your customers are making on your business? It's, it's really been sort of all over the map. It, it, it depends on the operating environment, you know, what, what you would need to build for a network in the panhandle of Florida is vastly different from what you might deploy in, you know, Southeastern Iowa, um, Environmental considerations are critical. All the operators are looking at um, some sort of an improvement on space, cooling, and power. Mm -hmm. uh, in some cases, collapsing um, two separate uh, devices or commodities into a single form factor. And then, you know, while you're doing that, trying to improve the power consumption and reduce the cooling requirements. Um, that, that stuff's been, um, been front and center for us. And then, you know, for especially for things like RDOF where you're connecting a, a rural site with generally lower population. Um, mm -hmm. the, the economics of doing that effectively get a lot of scrutiny. So um, being able to deliver long distance, um, high capacity products like our, our P4AR product, which we're, we're closing in on uh, completing the design and development of um, those things are going to help uh, fund these types of initiatives as they roll out over the next few years. So um, that's sort of been our, our front and center for us. Excellent. Yeah. What, um, you know, I, I guess uh, some of these things as it, as they make themselves, you know, especially like Ardoff, as it makes its way into the market, um, it kind of changes the requirements for, you know, every, every piece, I guess, in the, in the, uh, in the puzzle of, you know, putting networks together. Um, how it, has that influenced or changed anything that you guys are doing in the way of design or, or, or specifications? Yeah. Art, art a good example. Um, it's challenging because of the, the variety of service area environments to address. Um, you know, in general, everything optical as it relates to it needs to be long distance capable, capable and economical. Um, so there's, there's, it, it's hard to get distances and, and significant throughput, um, cheaply. So, uh, putting energy to that's been, been unique for us. And I think you know, our products, when they release, uh, around that are going to hit, um, at a very good time, uh, to help solve some of those challenges. And then there's the whole compatibility piece. So it's, it's got a sort of bolt on to the very, very edge of the edge extend um a new service but then also coexist with uh existing ones so things like mm -hmm. coexistent filters and you know making sure that the new technology doesn't cause pain on on the legacy legacy is um also a bit of an art form in its own right yeah and you guys are uh, addressing some of these issues with a a, a very uh with a, a team of people that you call uh, the, the, the advanced development team. So give me a little bit of info about the precision optical transceivers, advanced development team. Sure. So, it, you know, they're, they're um, 
they're the PhD types. They all got patents. They're, they're that sort of uh, group. But w- what we've got them focused on is marrying uh, or integrating photonics and electronics and software to, to drive um, really next gen, gen products and solve for, for use cases that are either have existed for years and been difficult to solve for, or, you know, the problem hasn't quite hit us, but it might be two years out. Um, our P4AR was, was, was spawned from that. And, you know, we've got a conveyor belt of, of additional future products that are going to be coming right along behind that, um, that we just point these guys to and, and they, um, they come back with solutions that we can offer to our customers. Now, um, what kind of changes have you had to make inside the organization to sort of support this way of working and this, this way of addressing the customer demands? So hiring for us has been pretty feverish. Um, we, we've, we've outgrown our original headquarters and nearly all of our facilities. Um, I think we've effectively doubled in size over the pandemic, which, which is great wow. to be able to experience that growth. Um, but it, it, yeah. it puts strain on everything. Um, yeah. IT, you know, facilities, you know, certainly people. Um, we're not nearly as geographically concentrated as we were just two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without a doubt, more mobile. Um, you know, some of our team has, has uh, there's, there's people on my team I've not met yet, you know, mm-hmm. that I hired two years ago because we just haven't had a chance to get together face-to-face. Yeah. Um, and, and so everybody adjusted pretty quickly to, to working remotely. And, you know, some of the, you know, I guess a, a cool side effect of that is, you know, you're talking to your customers or, or an employee or someone on the team and you see their, their kid wander into the shot and you get a chance to drop work for just a minute and, and connect on a, a slightly better, um, you know, better level. Yeah. Uh, that, that's all been really great. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, getting back to, to how we really bursted, it's, it's been a challenge. Um, and, you know, we, we we're continuing to, to see that type of growth this year. So it doesn't look like it's letting up. Yeah. I, I, first of all, you know, much respect for going through the challenge of, uh, of staffing up and growing while you're, while you're remote. It, it's, I, there are people on my team that have, have been brought on since the pandemic started. I still haven't seen them face to face. I, right. I, at times I've, I think, wow, that's amazing. And then at, at other times I feel incredibly guilty about it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I, but I, but I, I, I really do get what you're saying because, um, because we're all in a slightly different context, it does get us, give us a chance to know one another, uh, a little bit differently. And I think that maybe, maybe in the long term that actually builds a stronger culture. I might, I, I might st- stick my neck out and say that, um, as we're, as we're talking about, you know, how the company's evolved, what are you most proud of at Precision, you know, th- at, throughout this process? I know it's a cliche thing, but um, certainly the people, and that's, that's really not a work comment. I think the, you know, we're fortunate um, to have really good people all over the com- company that are, you know, genuinely just nice folks. Um, I think a lot of times, you'll get this customer first culture that's sort of forced down into the organization, which, you know, ultimately still works. Um, but I, we, we've taken a slightly different approach. We, we work very hard to not let anyone into the company that isn't already naturally, um, 
sort of defaulted to that as a personal core belief. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to, you don't have to coach them toward, you know, thinking, being others focused and, and thinking the effect on the customer base, you, you know, they, they're already there. It's, it's, it's how they, they operate as a human being. So we do have the customer first approach, but it's, it's not, um, it's a ground up thing, not a, not a top down, uh, sort of ethos. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think, um, uh, uh, I, I think that's, like I said, I think that that comment is a very universal one too, in terms of, uh, you know, what we've all been through in the pandemic. It does, it does cause companies to reassess their culture and what kind of people they want to work, uh, you know, work with day in and day out and what right. kind of people they want to, you know, be in front of their customers and their suppliers and, you know, kind of being the face of their organization in whatever, uh, circumstance. So, uh, yeah, it, I, it's a cliche for a reason. Uh, the people are what makes, you know, company, good companies, uh, better. Um, and, uh, I, I think that's, that, that's a, a great place to kind of, uh, uh, to wrap up on, um, folks, if you are listening to this and you are, uh, you know, you're obsessed with 5g or you're worried about how you're going to spend all the art off money, please do hold a good thought for precision optical transceivers because they are putting an awful lot of work and time and money into making this stuff work for you. And, uh, Keith Haverfield, thanks so much for, uh, for being the guest on the uh, executive spotlight Q and a today. Appreciate it, Phil. Thanks. Light reading. Mm-hmm.